Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast in partnership with Ascension. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I am joined by two of my dearest friends ever, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. What you're going to find is we're three normal women who are on the journey, who laugh, we cry, we have all kinds of adventures, and our heart is to share our love of Christ with you, our friendship, and all the beautiful and broken places that we encounter. So you are most welcome to join us on this journey. Grab a cup of coffee, get settled in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast and welcome to week four of Lent. I think we're getting to the point we were just talking like we all have to like recommit ourselves again. Yeah, totally. <laughs> to the season and we're like, is it are we there yet? And we're like, no, you're not you're not even halfway there yet, so just keep going. So <laughs> we're living on a prayer. We're halfway there. I think there's a song about that. <laughs> yeah, Heather's got Heather was rocking Bon Jovi earlier, but uh that that won't be her one thing, people, so don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. So how are we doing, ladies? We're gonna start at chapter eight, right? Uh page forty one, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And so, Heather, you're, you're visiting your lake house this weekend, speaking of yeah. beautiful things. Yes, it is like a refuge for sure. Um, I th- life has felt like a complete whirlwind. As I said last week on the podcast, I was just so tired, like so overwhelmed with so many details. I'm, I have like a lot of things that I'm juggling right now. So to be able to get away this weekend uh, and come down here and it's like it got 12 degrees warmer just overnight, it felt like. And so it was just such a gift from the Lord to just have a break recenter, you know, clear my head, have a rest, watch a movie, hang out with family. Yeah. It's been really, really good, really life-giving. So praise the Lord. Mm. So grateful for the time. Yeah. How are you? Good. I've been traveling myself. I barely got myself together to repack my things and kind (laughs) of go on the road again. So Lent is always very full and very busy. So I'm, I too, I hear you. Sometimes it's just the small things like those little moments of rest that we take Mm -hmm. for granted that just kind of refresh our soul. Or if you're somebody who just, you know, just get her done, get the, get the job done. It's just easy to kind of push through without realizing that our bodies and our hearts and our minds and our souls all need rest. And that's a very sacred thing. Mm -hmm. And it's not a, it's not a virtue to push yourself to the breaking point. I remind myself of that all the time. Like, Oh no, I need to work. I need to do this, but Oh my gosh. Mm, So that's good. It's like, you know, tuning a guitar, You, you can tune it and tune it, but the string will break unless you let it rest. And so I think that's, Part of Lent too, right? It's quiet. It's in the desert, and it's just time to be like, okay, how am I, how am I navigating these things in my life? And you know, in either excess or defect, right? So for me, it's like the defect of rest. <laughs> so that yeah, I need. Oh go. my gosh! Ugh. Dang, that's a good word, sister. Way to way to come out swinging on this one. <laughs> <laughs> that's the fourth week of Lent. I had to come up with something, people. It's like dig deep in the sand for that one. You're like, and I'm done. That's all I got. <laughs> and our podcast is four minutes. It's four minutes long this week. Hope you enjoy it. Okay. Thank you and good night. <laughs> How are you, Michelle? I'm good. I'm right there with you guys. And it's funny that you say that, sister, because yesterday when I wrote my journal, you know, the Sabbath is in the Ten Commandments. You need to commit, you know, <laughs> obey that commandment. I even put that there. Like God has just really been convicting me of rest and, um, you know, teaching people like how to rest. And the Lord's like, you can't teach people how to rest unless you actually rest, Michelle. So, mm, and it preach. doesn't come natural to me at all. Like I don't sit still as most of you know, but just resting takes a little while for me to calm down. But this weekend was great because it was on one of the only weekends that 
no one was traveling either for sports or for ministry or work or for whatever. And so we had just a chill weekend. Chris and I went on a date Friday night. Okay, fun. What'd you guys do? We went to gallery night. Pensacola has this beautiful thing once a month where they close down downtown and they have all these food trucks and bands and all that kind of stuff. So we went down there and ate at this really cool food truck and just walked around and listened to the bands and all that kind of stuff. And then he took me for coffee because, you know, that's my love language. And so he's a good husband, but it was really so good. Fun. Yeah, it was good. And just that reconnecting because our schedules have been crazy and we're about to go into spring sports for boys and girls. And just, um, yeah, it just fills up really quick. Mm-hmm. So it was good to connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Lent week four. Here we <laughs> let's do it. Speaking of connecting. Uh, yeah, it's very fitting that in uh, chapter eight, he uh Father Jacques Philippe quotes uh, Psalm 23, which is obviously a very famous psalm. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, in part of it, as it says, what? Beside restful waters, he leads me, right? He refreshes my soul. And so speaking to the Lord about where he brings us uh, into ourselves, so we find him there. And um, Heather, you had a really great quote. I mean, there's so many quotes. This is you know kind of a lengthy section of the book. And so there's so much we could pull from. But we thought we would kind of just pull from a few quotes instead of kind of going through the chapters like we have been in the last couple of weeks. But so Heather, I want to give you a chance to kind of pull that quote out because the three of us, as you said it, all of us were like, oh my gosh, that really resonated with me. So you want to talk about the quote you want to kind of hit on this week? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Father Jacques says on page 42, he says, I feel underprivileged compared to others and I carry in me the constant nostalgia of another life or privilege where finally I can do things that are worthwhile. Mm. And he's talking about how often we have this temptation to believe that we're lacking something necessary in our life to really be happy, um, or to really do something beautiful for God. And so we're not even living the life that we have. We're constantly looking to this other life that we wish we had. Like if only this was different and this would different, then I could really be holy. Then I could really pursue God. Then I could really do like amazing ministry or something beautiful for God. Then I could pursue my dreams. If only this and this and this was different. And, um, and yeah, I think it really struck all of us. And as I was thinking through that, I thought, wow, there's been so many times in my life where I've either been focused on the past or focused on the future or focused on this different life, but I'm definitely not in the present living my real life. The one that is really happening right in front of me. So yeah, I thought it would be great to talk about that because I think it's a pretty common experience for most of us just as human beings that it's easy to look at what we don't have and wish that things were different. And in fact, think that they, it's necessary that they be different mm. for us to truly have a full life. Mm. You know, it's like the grass is always greener idea until you get to the other grass. And then you're like, wow, crap, it's still <laughs> dying and brown, just like my grass. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of that grass, man. <laughs> Maybe I should go back to my own lawn and just put some fertilizer on it. You know. <laughs> anyway, Lest I digress, Michelle, what are your thoughts? We could talk about fertilizer. <laughs> then they went into the discussion about fertilizer. <laughs> I'm like, wait, where are we going? Focus, where focus, are we going? Focus, Come back. And it wasn't even me that led us down the rabbit trail. I know. Yeah, when we were thinking about it, it was interesting because there are themes that we we're talking about in our own lives that are going on right now. And this week was a really good week for me, like to slow down and to pay attention to my life. And I'm working on a project actually for abiding together um, that we'll do in the we'll talk about it later. We're gonna do in the summer, but it was just making me think about like, how am I present to my own life? Mm -hmm. And 
how I'm present. But Psalm 23 is one of my favorite Psalms. The Lord is my shepherd. But I like where it says in one of the translation, he makes me lie down. Like he makes me lie down. <laughs> and lie down. Like he says, you need to rest. Like you need to stop. You need to rest. And he makes me lie down. And just how he takes care of us. But like, do I take, do I pay attention to take, um, to pay attention to see how he is providing for me? Do I pay attention to see what his provision is? And I think like the whole imagery of the shepherd, like I was thinking about it earlier and, um, like we talk a lot about, uh, God as the vine dresser. Mm -hmm. And now we're talking about it in Psalms that God is the shepherd. And I think when we know what roles God plays in our lives, then we can figure out what role we play in the greater love story. Amen. You know, Mm -hmm. when you see him as a shepherd, you know, like I love, even, you know, a friend of ours is actually a shepherd. And when she calls the sheep, like she just says, sheep, 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 they all come to her voice. They come running only to her voice. Cause I, of course I tried it and they didn't come to my voice. They came to her <laughs> voice because I just wanted to pray. I wish I could see the video <laughs> footage of you trying to call the sheep. No, you would totally yeah. blackmail, you totally blackmailing you with it. <laughs> anyway. So just that, like in getting those images and see who God's character is and then see who I am in the story. And like when I slow down and pay attention to the small movements of the Holy Spirit, I just discover him in different ways. And that's what I've been doing this Lent. I mean, this is a really funny story, y'all. But by my back gate, I was walking out bringing like the recycling bin. And I walk out and I look down and there's this huge turtle. Oh. And I was like, well, hello, little fella. You know, and he's sticking his <laughs> head doing out in these and he's parts, so cute. Yeah. yeah. And he was by the back gate. And so I was just like, all right, I'm just going to leave him here because he was I didn't want to put him back in the road or, you know. Uh, whatever. And I kind of was afraid to touch him because he's slimy. And I figured the boys would do it when they get home. So I come back outside about 15 minutes later and he was all the way to my pool. And I was like, how did you get that far that quick? And it was just like one of those reminders, slow and steady. He got Mm. to his job. Like the Lord's like the slow progress, slow and steady. But I was thinking to myself, I know that sounds like so trivial, but I would have missed that little moment. You know, just really thinking is when I stop down, you know, stop and pay attention that I see the way that the Lord is working. I see the way that he's speaking. I know it's not always a turtle, but it was just for me, it brought a thing like I can move in the slow. You know, you don't have to be going a million miles an hour to get where you need to be. And so, yeah, just some of the things that it has been stirring in my heart. What about you, sister? Mm-hmm. That's so true. And can I just read that whole paragraph? Because I, I think it's so good. So if you just kind of indulge me for a second, dear listeners. So this is what he says. So he says, for example, so we talk about, he says, it concerns the temptation to believe that whatever situation is ours, we lack something. So he says this. For example, I lack good health, therefore I am unable to pray as I believe it is indispensable to do. Or my immediate family prevents me from organizing my spiritual activities as I wish. Or again, I don't have the qualities, the strength, the virtue, or the gifts that I believe necessary in order to accomplish something beautiful for God according to the plan of a Christian life. I'm not satisfied with my life, with my person, with my circumstances, And I live constantly with the feeling that as long as things are such, it will be impossible for me to live truly and intensely. I feel underprivileged compared to others, and I carry in me the constant nostalgia of another life, more privileged where finally I could do the things that are worthwhile. I have the feeling that, quote unquote, the real life is elsewhere, elsewhere than in the life that is mine. Oh my gosh. And when I read that, I was like, oh, I can totally, I can totally relate to that on so many levels of how many times, you know, just in life, I'm like, oh, I can't do that because I live here. I can't do that because this, you know, or I don't lack, I lack the strength. You look at the saints. Oh, I lack the strength. I lack the virtue. I lack the tenacity. I lack, or, 
or because of the suffering that God has allowed in my life. I, I mean, really, honestly, in some of my most difficult times, when I'm really struggling with like the break points in my own, the foundation of my soul, how many times I've said to the Lord, Lord, if, if you had not let that happen to me, I'd be a better person. You know, my own idea. Amen. Like, yeah. I, you know, as you guys know, my, my story is very broken and just, it has ripple effects throughout the rest of my life that I still suffer from. And the temptation in that is to say, well, I'm worse off because of that without realizing that God has allowed those things in my life for his own providence. And they have broken my heart open to love like him. And I would never, I would never come close to loving like him had those things not happened to me. And so it's the constant illusion. It's the constant comparison. It's, it's Satan pushing us out of the present moment. It's him pushing us to look at our neighbor, not like we talk about in, you know, in blessing and promotion of our neighbor, but looking at them saying they have more than I have, or if I had her husband, or if I had her kids, or if I had that job, you know, it's just, it's such an illusion. It's such a deep distraction that I think it's very easy to, I know for myself to slip into if I'm not very attentive, you know, to that and to the reality that the life that God gives me is where saints are made. It is where saints are mm-hmm. made. And, and it's not until, and it's very fitting the way the chapters are arranged because he goes from talking about that to how do you help other people that are suffering or how do you deal with people and their faults and their failings? If I can't remain present in my own soul in those battles and asking the Lord to restore my peace and to let go, then how am I going to be of service to other people? So I think that's the constant battle of, of going back to our own hearts where Christ is and letting him speak the truth to me. Otherwise it's easy to get distracted. And I just, I, you know, I do speak a lot to teens and I, several years ago, I came across this article by Kylie Jenner, which if you don't know Kylie Jenner, she's the youngest of the Kardashian, you know, clan. And she is on record to become the youngest self-made billionaire in the history of the world. She's worth $900 million. She did. did she? Yeah. Yeah. Forbes just announced it. Yeah, she did. I was actually telling my kids that the other night at the dinner table. So um, yeah, she, so, so yeah. there she is the youngest. She's only like 20. Isn't she 20? 21. I don't even know if she's 21. No, I don't even think she's 21 yet. And so, yeah. So she, so there she is the youngest self-made billionaire in the world, which come of it, some of them comes from being part of the Kardashian empire, but she has got her own makeup. And, but anyway, several years ago, I came across this article where she said, that, you know, she said, I, I, I mean, my life has been in front of television my whole life. And she's like, you know, everybody wants to see my life. And she's like, but it's different for me because my whole life is out there. So she said, so I close my door to my life a little, but then she said this, which is usually sends teen audiences into utter silence. She said this, and she has 127 million followers on Instagram. She said this on Instagram. I'm like a different person. Almost. I just show people what I want them to see. And you see this her admitting like, this is a life, it's not her life. It's a life she wants others to see. And she herself is like everybody else wanting to live a full and vibrant life. And so it's like this, it's really the madness of it, honestly, of how we get stuck in these things that if we're not attentive to it, um, it's easy to get sucked into a constant complaining. Right. And I think if we all gave up complaining for Lent, it would probably be a lot Mm -hmm. easier. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny because he's basically saying like, we have this illusion, you know, that our life somehow doesn't have everything that we need. And but the other mm-hmm. life is actually an illusion too. It's you know, so true. Exactly. everybody exactly. has their story. Everybody yep. has their pain. I mean, if the things of this world were what satisfied our hearts, then we would never hear about rock stars who commit suicide. And, you know, because they literally have, have it all, they have it mm-hmm. all. They have the fame, they have the fortune, mm-hmm. they have, they can do whatever they want. They have people following them everywhere. Um, so we need to reorient ourselves in the truth. And I love how he just, he just makes it very clear as he does in this short little book. He makes things very clear. He just said, we often live with this illusion, but it's often an error. It's not the exterior circumstances that must change. It's above all our hearts. Ooh, let's talk about that. Mm. Yeah. 
It's our hearts. And I find for most things in my life, when my circumstances don't change quickly, as we all know, the journey is slow, but my perspective can change. My heart can change. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit that we have to like rip wide open the doors of our hearts to the movement of the Holy Spirit to change our perspective. It's like, Lord, can you give me your eyes to see this? Can you give me a kingdom perspective instead of this worldly perspective? Um, because really what our hearts are longing for is heaven. Like when we feel yeah. that ache and the lack, it's not, oh, I wish I was married to that person instead of this person. Or I wish I had more money like this person. Or I wish I had this or this or this. We're longing for heaven. That's what Amen, it is. Girl. It's not those things. It's not those specific things that we kind of like, the enemy will allow our eyes to settle on. You know, mm-hmm. it's an idol. It's it's just a it has like this quality or scent of heaven because it's a good, you know, it's a good that our hearts mm-hmm. are longing for. And, and I think that's where often my heart needs to change and my perspective needs to change. And literally it takes stopping. Like you said, Michelle, it's like, no, whoa, I need to stop. I need to lay down. You know, I need mm-hmm. to, I need the Lord to lay me down and whisper his truth in my ear again about who he is. And Father Jacques is clearly saying also, he's like, God is not withholding anything that is essential that we need. Amen. It, it is always ours right where we are. We have everything, no matter what our circumstances are right now, whether you're single and longing to be married, whether you're married and longing to have children and you can't and are experiencing infertility, no matter what your circumstances are, God is all and he has given us everything that we need right now. And it's interesting, like when you think about who he is and when you can really trust in that, then you can trust where you are in, you know, in your story. We use that word a lot, story, but I know you can trust where you are in the story. And do we delight in the father? Like, do we really delight in him and allow him to delight in us? I was at mass this morning and they have, we're recording on a Sunday and they were having children's liturgy. And so all the little kids were coming back to their parents after children's liturgy. And there was this little girl that was just skipping you know, down the aisle mm-hmm. to get back to her pew. And then her yeah. dad was on the very end and he looked at her and looked like he was surprised. And she looked at him and she ra- like totally wrapped his arms around her little neck and picked her up and she started kissing all over his face, Aww. you know? And it was like during the offertory that their kids were coming back and it was just so beautiful. And it was just like pure delight, you know? And I was thinking like, that's how the father feels about us. And when you, tr- and you like, you could tell there was total trust in her, you know, there's something so powerful that I watched Chris, my husband with our youngest daughter, Lily, like their relationship is so sweet. And it's actually really healing to me because my relationship with my um, earthly father is very strained. So to watch the two of them, but like they are, we have a pool in our backyard and Lily will jump like so high and wide, you know, and she trusts every single time that Chris will catch her. You know, I would never trust that Chris would catch me. <laughs> that has nothing to do with Chris. That has all everything to do with my trust issues and I hate the water. But so, but I was just like, there's no fear in that. So when you can abandon yourself and you can trust, you know, mm-hmm. like I, if I jump, the father is going to catch me. And so I can be present to my everyday life right now and right here. It is good. You know, where I'm standing right now, like I say, a lot of times it's holy ground And it is good, but it requires us to realize and to stop and to rest and um, really start paying attention to our lives. You know, I think we go through the motions and um, we don't pay attention to what's going on around us. Like one of the things I even prayed this week was, Lord, wake me up to wonder, you know, wake me up to wonder around you and around me. And, um, and let me see the wonder of the people that you put 
um, into my life. I like one of my default modes is I can manage my kids really well. You know, mm-hmm. I can manage them, but am I delighting in them? You know, oh, am I just general, going through the yeah. tasks? Am I just going through, like, I can manage a lot of things. I, you know, that's my personality, but am I delighting in them? Am mm-hmm. I, you know, you know, really relishing them and, you know, really just holding on to them and seeing the wonder in it? Or am I just going to the next thing? And that's a you good know? question to ask, no matter what our state in life is. Like, Absolutely. am I really, you know, whether you're a student and you're, single or whether you're married or whether you're religious or priest or whatever it might be. I I think all of us, like our eyes become blind to the beauty of our circumstances, you know, and the season and the life that God has called us to, because the enemy keeps drawing our eyes to all the things that are lacking or the flaws or the pain or the suffering. Um, But if we look at the life of Jesus, there's so much to be found in suffering and in lack you know, like he is to be found there. That's the whole point is that if we allow the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to see, and this is why we need to pray for these things. Like literally when you're standing at your kitchen sink and you're all of a sudden focused on negative things or whatever to say, Lord, please open my eyes to see you in my circumstances because he's everywhere. When the Holy Spirit does that, I've had those experiences so many times in my life where it's like the scales fall from my eyes and all of a sudden I can see the action of God, his fingerprints, his love everywhere. And it's overwhelming to the point that I just start to cry, you know, and, and I need those experiences more in my life. And the way that that happens is for me to say, yes, like God always wants to draw close to us, always wants to make himself known. Um, and so we just need to ask him. And I really can say, and it really makes me just, lean into this point because I have a lot of young adults that are do life with us. Like a lot of 20 somethings, a lot of college kids that are in and out of our house and especially 20 somethings that do life with our family, which I just love them. But they often put on a pedestal how life should be or what they should achieve at what season of life. By 23, I should have Mm. this done. By 25, I should have this done. You know, and they want to just make this, you know, they they put so much pressure on themselves, you know, Mm -hmm. and they have this Instagram ideal of what life should look like, like we were talking earlier, instead of God is going to blow that out of the water. Like any kind of Mm -hmm. ideal you can think of, if you abandon, if we, you know, really abandon ourselves, you know, he blows that, you know, whole idea out of the water. Ideals, you know, are not reality. You know, God given reality is one of the best things that you could ask for. Is it easy? No, but it is darn right beautiful, you know, when you lean into that. So, um, you know, and all of us struggle with it. It doesn't matter what season of life we're in, but I just really have been hysterically laughing inside, you know, just at my 20 somethings. Well, I should have been, I should be here by now. You know, I should be this by now. I'm like, no, you should be where God has you by now. That's where you need to be. So (laughs) sister, what are your thoughts? No, that's true. And I think that's the whole thing what Father Jacques is saying, that we're taking our desires, right? The des- you know, the desire to have accomplishments is a beautiful thing of goals. Like the, the priest at Mass today was talking about that very thing of like, he's like, what's what's the enthusiasm in your heart? Like, you know, when, when God's calling you, when he's transfigured in your life, is it stirring like grace in your heart? Is it stirring beauty? And but But allowing those things that come into our heart to always have a deeper surrender to the Lord. So he can, like you said, fulfill them and manifest them. And I, I've just been really lately convicted by the Holy spirit of just, um, you know, that because we're baptized, you know, that the Trinity dwells within us. And we say that kind of a theological certitude and it's true, but the reality of like that, I, that means that I don't have to do life on my own anymore. (laughs) You know, that I, at any time, like you were saying, Heather can stop and just say, Holy spirit, come show me what I need to do. 
Like, tell me, tell me the truth here. What, what do I need to know? Or how do I navigate this situation? Or, I mean, how many times do we, you know, I, th- I probably said it before, but there's a great quote from the AA big book that says, we believe that we can wrestle satisfaction out of life if we only manage well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we chronically manage well, but life as we know is not meant to be managed. It's meant to be lived to abundant abundantly. So I've just felt very convicted of lately of the Holy spirit saying to me, my daughter, I'm here. So, you know, you don't have to try to figure this out on your own or figure out what you're going to say or, you know, what, how are you going to confront somebody or how, you know, you can at any moment at all times come and be in a dialogue with me because I want to be in a dialogue with you, which totally changes our perspective of, of that. And so it's, you know, is if we, if we are seeking Christ and, you know, really trying in our own lives to, to cultivate virtue and, and to, to do our very best, you know, it's true. Like, our lives are wide open before him. And in you know, St. Teresa, that, the flower, St. Teresa's little flower says later in the book that Father Jacques quotes her, that, you know, even in our, our faults and our failings and our sins, God still works through them. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. he's constantly continuing to work in our hearts and in, in both the beauty and the sorrow. And you know, yeah, so it's like we're not trying to navigate life on our own. I just something I've been very convicted of lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I've, I mean, I've talked to sister about that, both of you about it, this Lent. Like, I feel like this Lent is a Lent of the Holy Spirit for me, really learning what does it mean to truly fellowship with the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Amen. You know, and we know about the gifts yep. and we know about the fruits, but they seem like the, these abstract ideas out there mm-hmm. or that we take off a shelf and just use them one at a time and not that they're really operating and functioning fully in our daily lives, which they need to be. And um, I was thinking about it because I totally blew it with a kid this week. Like he just is driving me insane. We got a lot of teenage angst going on around here. And I totally blew it. And I was just beating myself up and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know? And so I went to pray about it and I do like a lot of Ignatian, like imaginative prayer. And I just really felt the Holy Spirit's like, okay, like, all right, you got a little blood on both of your knees because you fell down. He's like, let's clean it up, you know, put a cute little Band-Aid on it and keep walking, you know? (laughs) And where I could have just you know, been, like I said before, like I like to say a little shame cycle, but I didn't. And I got back up and I moved and Mm. I allowed him to work through the situation. And I came back and asked the child for forgiveness and we moved on and God worked through it actually even more powerfully because I think I surrendered it. And we went on and it was, and you know, I think that's just what he wants to do. He wants us to show us how to live abundant life. And that's not just an idea in John 10, 10, it's actually an everyday reality that he wants us to live out. He wants us to live out life in the spirit. Um, you know, and a full mm-hmm. life, you know, and there are going to be hardships and there's going to be suffering, but a full life. And I've mm-hmm. been reading a little bit about Edith Stein lately. And I was, and they were telling the story about her going into the gas chamber and people, witnesses were saying like, just her strength and her peace and her stillness, mm-hmm. which affected everyone else. And they said, especially because her biological sister was with her. And she knew she had to be peaceful because her sister was scared. And there was something about that image that just like brought tears to my eyes. Like here this woman was, but she was just talking about that there was a a deep seated peace deep within her. So therefore it could exude peace to others, you know, and bring peace Mm -hmm. to other people. And he's calling us to that same type of peace because we know him personally. And that's where that peace takes deep root. You know, Heather, what are your thoughts? Yeah, man. I mean, obviously for someone like her, like she really allowed her heart to rest in who God is, like that he is the answer. Because who, I mean, how could you do that in the midst of like so, so much suffering? I mean, any of us would just be paralyzed by fear. Um, but I think, yeah, it was just making me think like, how often in my life do I pause enough 
to notice what is happening in my heart in a given situation and go, yeah. wow, like I'm really aching for, I really want to belong. That's why I'm reacting to this situation. Or I really want to feel loved and cherished. And that's why I'm, I'm getting angry at the people in my life who aren't treating me that way. Or I'm really longing for this. And, and instead of like taking it out on whatever the person is or situation, because they're not answering the, the question or, or what we're bringing to them to really say, Jesus, like, will you come and be here in this place where I feel like I just need to belong? Like, will you just, will you meet me there? Because ultimately God is the answer. Like we keep trying to hang our hat on a hook that can't hold the weight, you know, by let it be another person or a situation or some kind of success platform or whatever it might be. Um, But instead to continually bring all of our longings and desires to the one, the only one who can answer them truly, you know. So I think I just, yeah, I'm reflecting on that as you were talking. I was just thinking, okay, this week I need to be very present to my life. I need to be very present to my aches and where I'm trying to get those answered, you know, that isn't Jesus and just reorient my heart again, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's the beauty of the spiritual life is that we always have another chance uh, to come before God Mm -hmm. and and just enter into communion Mm. with him in a deeper way. Mm. Amen. Amen. And yeah, I think so, Heather. And I, I was also just convicted this last week of a situation. It was just painful for me that I can't rectify. I've tried to rectify it and I can't rectify it. And I was very noticing, just noticing the movements of my own heart in the right, in regard to the situation. And I, I, part of me was like, Oh, I don't really care. I don't care. And then I'm like, dude, I totally care. care. (laughs) I'm like, this totally is hurtful for me and it's doubly painful that I just can't do anything about it. And it's so un- like, and I just, I, so to sit with that vulnerability and be like, you know what, honestly, I yeah. totally care. And I wish yeah. I didn't, but I do. And Lord, please meet me in the disappointment. Like, please meet me in the place where my heart aches, because if I'm really being honest with myself, it's like a big deal, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, which is hard. Oh my god. Yeah, gosh. exactly. And it's not even like, I mean, it's like the first step of Jesus be with me here, but then also Jesus let you be the answer, you know, to the disappointment, like, so that my eyes can come off of that, whatever the situation is to you Mm -hmm. again, to you, you know, but we, we doubt we do. I mean, this goes way back to Adam and Eve. We doubt that he is enough. Always. We always wonder, it's like, well, just in case you're not enough or you don't come through, I'm just going to cover my bases, you know, with these other things. We yeah. always have a grace-filled contingency plan that we think is all good. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. do your thing, but just in case. Just in I'm gonna, case. Just yeah. in yeah, case, so you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, you know, we're afraid to jump and have him catch us, you know. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe mm-hmm. maybe make, make sure there's that big pool raft in case I go there. And it's it's mm-hmm. too deep, you know, just to jump in. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Dear listeners, maybe that's this week's, this is something that we could all be very attentive to in our own hearts, the lies that say real life is elsewhere. Like where Satan, especially like pushing you out of those moments of grace and telling you, no, the real life is elsewhere, but to be very attentive this week and just to see what the Holy Spirit does. I think we would all be very surprised and moved deeply at times of what our hearts are trying to tell us and then what the Lord is trying to tell us in it all. You know? mm. Amen. Amen. Present over perfect. Uh, totally. Oh, amen, girl. All right, ladies. So time for our one thing. Heather, would you like to share your one thing with our listeners this fourth week of Lent, my dear friend? Yes. My one thing this week is just a song from the playlist that um, I made for last week, and it's called Confident by Stephanie Gretzinger. I hadn't, I've kind of heard that song a little bit, but I hadn't really sat with it and listened to the words. And I just, yeah, it's really been moving me this week. I really love it. So I'll have that on the show notes. Michelle, what's your one thing? 
My one, well, I have two one things, you know, that that's how it goes. And so um, our podcast listeners on our private Facebook group were making fun of me. But then they, <laughs> I know I saw that. They did a good job. <laughs> but I told them that I'm like St. Therese and I choose all and I'm going to pick a couple things. So anyway, my one things, actually one of them is a prayer of abandonment by Father Bill Casey. He's a father of mercy prayer. I mean, a father of mercy priest. And it's a beautiful prayer of abandonment. And um, I will post that link to that prayer. It's really great. It's based on St. Therese and St. Faustina. So it's really good. And then another one is a book by a really great Catholic author and blogger, um, Mary Lindenberg. It's called Be Brave in the Scared. Or Be Brave in the Scared. I think I'm reading that right. But anyway, it is an amazing story about her child, her daughter, Courtney, and is a disabled child. And just it's part memoir, part spiritual insight of just what it means to wrestle when you have a disabled child and when, like we were talking about, when life doesn't look like we think it's going to look like and how mm-hmm. you wrestle with mm-hmm. that and that it's okay in the wrestle, but how God shows you that there's even more beauty in it. And she's really funny um, and very insightful and just a faithful woman. And so I just really just enjoy, and she's very much a champion of other women, which I really just love that about Mary. So yeah, that is the thing. Heather, what about you? Well, I already said my thanks for paying attention, Michelle. Sister? I did confident. Sorry. Confident. Uh, I love you guys so much. I'm not very confident in you, obviously, because I think that you need to say something else. I need some Sister, what is your one thing? Yes. Oh, I love it. My, my, my one thing is actually a documentary that I saw on the National Geographic channel a couple weeks ago called Free Solo. And um, it's, yeah, it's very interesting. So So it's about um, Alex Harnold, who is a young man who is a rock climber and who has a desire to climb the face, the the 3,000 pretty much sheer rock face of the mountain El Capitan, which a lot of climbers climb, but he wants to climb it without ropes, without any safety harnesses. And it's Mm -hmm. like a two hour documentary Mm -hmm. about his life. And they interview his mom and his dad. And it's a fascinating thing. I mean, it's, I won't tell you how it ends. And I'm certainly not advocating that kind of risky behavior because I think it's quite frankly outrageous, but it's interesting, the study of the human person and what drives people to do what they do. And Mm -hmm. it's just, I mean, just his, his strength as a human being, like he's pushing his body past limits that people can't even imagine and he's so it's just a fascinating fascinating it it really is fascinating so i i would highly recommend it um it was for free on the national geographic channel but i you could probably get on netflix for like three bucks but it's a very interesting documentary um on the human person and a great like feat of nature but also like why people do what they do so free solo uh the Mm -hmm. documentary about alex harnold Mm -hmm. so fascinating i'm gonna watch it today Girl, you should. Sorry, I won't tell you how it ends. So, okay. <laughs> I won't tell you. So, uh, anyway, dear listeners, all right, thank you for joining us in week four. And the real life is found in your life every day with the Holy Spirit, and you are deeply loved. So, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? You can leave us a rating, leave us a review on iTunes. That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. If you would like the show notes emailed to you, you can go to ascensionpress.com forward slash abiding together. That's ascensionpress.com forward slash abiding together and enter your email address. Click the subscribe button and the show notes will be on their way to you every week. You can also find the show notes on the Ascension Press website, as well as each episode on the iTunes podcast app. You'll find everything there. You can join our private Facebook group and join our community and just get in on everything that's going on. We love to hear from you. Send us an email, give us a shout out. We are happy to be on the journey with you. And until next week, we will be abiding together. Thank you so much.